C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood Hello and welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. And today we are joined by an esteemed guest. Justin Perez. Wow. You Hi, did Justin. it for me. This is great. Hi, how are you? We are doing excellent. Um, so to begin, why don't you, you already said your name, but give us your brief elevator speech bio. <laughs> hey boss, how you doing? Uh, it's nice to see you today. Uh, my name is Justin Perez. I'm 35 years old. I'm a Pisces. I was born in uh, Manhattan, New York, and uh, Mount Sinai, and I grew up in Brewster, New York, for a few years before after moving from the Bronx. I didn't move from the Bronx. I was 10 years old. I didn't have a say in the matter. But I just want to say, uh, just uh, I love everything you're doing with the company, and uh, I'll see you later, boss. That was excellent. That's awesome. Thank you. So, in case hey, people plus. missed it, what year were you born to place you on the millennial spectrum? <laughs> I was born in 1983. And you're a native New Yorker. I'm a native. I, I grew up in the Bronx since I was 11, and then we moved upstate to Brewster when I was 11. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll get more into your background later in the episode. Yes. But to start, Shay, do you have a millennial moment for us? So, I think the millennial moment for today is going to have to be. Well, I could either talk about how I'm like adulting real hard today, or I could talk about how, like all millennials, I'm, and how we've talked about many times on this podcast, I'm super obsessed with my dog. And the current story in Benson's life is I'm trying to get her some additional training classes and literally dog people are insane and they're very bad business people and no one wants to take my money that I'm trying to pay them to teach my dog to sniff things with her nose I don't even know so I've literally tried to sign her up for three different classes I've offended two of the ladies because I asked you know inappropriate questions like much does this cost ma'am how dare you i'm an artist i know right or or i asked um what day is the class and apparently that was like too much for them too much so but there's this very particular type of um training that i went to with her that's called canine nose work and it you know traditionally is like if you want the dog to find the bomb or like the dead body but now it's become this like sport thing um so like They'll take like a little piece of cloth with like clove oil on it or something and hide it. And then she has to find it. And it's apparently very fun. And multiple people have uh, recommended that I do you this. You should just her. give her more weed. So, yeah. what? You should just give her more weed. <laughs> yes, maybe. Wait, weed. does your dog have weed? Oh, yeah, she, she does. Have like weed. the CBD. Well, she did at one point, I gave her some CBD treats for a while. Uh, but they are so expensive. I was like, I can't. Yeah. Or to give my dog the weed. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so I was trying to decide which class. And then, of course, this lady was like, no, you should actually do an agility class with her, which is like where they jump over boxes and go through tunnels and stuff. Um, and what made me very happy about that is the name of the school that does that that she recommended is the Oregon School for Clever Dogs. So <laughs> I think that sounds Excellent right. Excellent branding. Yeah. I love that. So that is my my millennial moment i like so, that it's very it's also, also 
I feel like a lot of Shay's millennial moments are also like Portlandia moments. It's very true because I think in essence, Portlandia is very millennial. It's very hipster. It's very, you know, it embodies something of the generation, much like Seattle for Gen X was grunge and all of that nonsense. So um, it's interesting. Anyway, that's my millennial moment. How about you, Madeline? Interesting perspective. I don't really have a good one, to be honest. I've been called upon and I am failing. So I might skip. It's okay. Do you have a millennial moment from your life, Justin? I do. Anything that you feel like is true? Yeah, millennial. Justin. Um, I, I've been big on um, uh, dog Instagrams. Ooh. We yeah. love dog Instagrams. We love talking about dog Instagrams. I have a, a thing about dog Instagrams. I have another thing about Instagram, but I can get into that in a yeah. second. You can have um, multiple millennial yeah, moments. Yeah, I can have a couple. Um, my uh, a friend who I haven't spoke to in a few years, she moved to Austin and she adopted a beautiful female husky. Oh. It's like a beautiful blue-eyed husky, and it was maybe like a year old. And she Aww. created a page for it, and everyone followed it, and we all were following it. And then five days later, it died of a heart attack, <gasps> of like a heart condition. That's so sad. And then I, I just was like, what do you do with the page? I mean, people were probably still oh, liking no. old photos to be nice, but it's just a reminder that your dog just died. Yeah. And I, oh I, I, as someone, That's so sad. Uh, my dog just passed away like two weeks, two or three weeks ago. And oh, sorry. it's all right. He, he had a good old long life. He had a good 12 <laughs> good years. Good dog life. Aww. Skydiving. I, I didn't see it coming. Uh, and, <laughs> and so, um, I was just thinking about like how hard that must be to have an yeah. Instagram page for your dog, especially when he dies. Cause you just get like reminders all the time or, or do you just delete the page? But you'd want I the memories, like, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what you got to say all your photos. But sadly, I this has happened several t- – I mean, I follow a lot of dogs on Instagram. Yeah. And same. I am also somewhat connect, – like, not connected, but I follow a lot of, like, rescues and stuff just because mm-hmm. my dog's a rescue and I'm really into that. So this is like – like, there was – um a puppy at one of the rescues I follow like died during her spay and it was like Oof. very sad. And then this other puppy got stepped on by the mom and died. This was at a <gasps> oh, different rescue. Yeah. And then another Husky also had a congenital heart defect yes. and like, no congenital brain defect and oh. died. And I was like, I look at the puppies for the cuteness and anything that reminds me that my dog is ever going to die and not live forever as my perfect companion, like upsets me. So then I have to take a step back from the dog Instagram. The other thing too, there's a lot, I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod, but like people's digital legacy, like what do you do with the Facebook page of a person that's died? And I've seen like in my own personal experience, it's Mm -hmm. people use it as like, Sort of like an obituary, like, like a memorial thing. page. Yeah, but apparently you can mm-hmm. tell Facebook, you can like, I don't know how you do this, but you can tell them, like, if you want when you die to like someone else have the password to your accounts. I think you can do it with Instagram. Oh, too. you can like will your, yeah. your Facebook. Yeah. Oh my god, that's. Uh, or I don't know if, if you I just want to like any. Yeah, just to poof away. Yeah, poof away. Or into if the you ether. want Facebook to but just delete think... it. Yeah, but I think this is actually not you're telling a sweet story about the dead Instagram dog and Maddie and I'm going to take it into, you know, the theoretical. But um, I think this is something really interesting and something that millennials don't think about at all. Not only like your digital legacy, but think about like, how do you access your bank account? How do you access yeah. your Netflix account? So like, if I'm you... on my parents' Netflix, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and well, the passcode for all my things is uh, 6969. So whatever. <laughs> 
Oh, that's nice. Very adult. Yeah. Um, but you know, I feel like, you know, I've seen this sadly happen when young people die is then, or not even young people, but let's say if you're under like the age of 60, you have so much online and mm-hmm. then whoever is left behind your parents or your partner or a, a sibling who is trying to just do simple stuff like shut down your bank account it is so 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 difficult and a lot of this is because you know you think you could just log in for them and then it's like but trying to get into some of these accounts i'm like i don't understand how how some hacker from russia can do it but like you know it's very hard (laughs) to get into for a person who's dead or incapacitated or whatever to do these things for like shutting down your stupid direct tv account can be a months long thousands of dollars battle because they want to keep you know, taking charging the money you. out. Yeah. Yeah. Charging you. So just something to think about. I'm not very good at this, but it is on my goal, you know, for 2019 to have like a proper will, proper life insurance and proper, like how to fucking shut down my bank account. If I die unexpectedly, I also feel like this ensures that I will live to be 107. You should just keep all your money under your mattress, plain and simple. It's true. That's a good <laughs> plan. That's I what like people that. did. <laughs> I think there's something I I'm sure this has been done before where somebody's passed away then for whatever reason they needed to get access to their phone for you know to shut down things for them and they've just been like just take his thumb we're at the funeral home just <laughs> just take his oh, thumb no. <laughs> and just put it on the phone but the thing is the thumb has to be warm this is i, I like so you have to warm just up kinda... the thumb yeah you have to like pour hot water on it or something and then <laughs> okay, dry it off go. and then just do that yeah this should be a service that funeral homes should provide people, I think. We will warm up the thumb right before you walk in. Yeah. Just Correct. access all this stuff and get rid of it. It's great. Yeah. They that's the thing with uh with uh with court cases now. They're trying to come up with oh, devices yeah. to access people's uh iPhones mm-hmm. without, mm-hmm. you know, sawing off a man's thumb yeah. or whatever. It's terrible. <laughs> so what was oh your other God. millennial moment about Instagram? So, oh, my other millennial moment is yeah. something I noticed with I so I have two little cousins, they're uh 19 and 16 what mm. up erica whatever ariana uh and they i've i've noticed they do this and a lot of my friends who are younger than me do this where for everyone's birthday they have to have an instagram post about it or a story yes, I, struggle. I struggle with it because i don't feel that yeah and ma- <laughs> i was gonna but, say do you struggle because you're old and you don't care i don't care yeah and i know and it's now trickled down to my mom my mom oh. cares my mom goes you, so you posted about your girlfriend, but you didn't post about me mm-hmm. for her birthday, you know, for my birthday. Yeah. And I was like, Mom, do you care? She's like, yeah. I'm like, you don't have Instagram. What do you care? And she's like, well, I want you to make one for me. So then I started making oh my God. an account for my mom. I run my mom's account. Drankin with, <laughs> it's called Drankin with Peggy. And it's just photos <laughs> of her drinking. <laughs> and it's so dumb. And Is it public? It's can public? I follow yeah, it? Yeah, everyone can follow it. It's very dumb. It's called All Drank right, It with we'll Peggy. All right, we'll tag it. Yeah, uh, gladly. That's and amazing. It's so dumb. And now I I specifically run her Instagram just so she can, like, see things She should me. pay you. People pay money for social media. <laughs> yeah, you should put that on your resume, social media editor for Peggy Perez. Well, for Peggy, I, she, she, if she wants to pay me, she can take it out of my, uh, my family plan uh, cell phone bill that I pay every month. That's nice. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that, like, I don't think I've ever done an Instagram birthday post, but I've definitely gotten them done for me, and it did yeah. make me feel very good, but then I feel bad when I don't do it for that friend. But yeah. then it's like, you can't do it for every friend. That would just be, like, every day. It doesn't mean anything birthday if post. you do it for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And also, I feel like it's very easy to 
for it to backfire because again, either you forget somebody or you don't do somebody mm-hmm. or whatever. But also I've done it once or twice and the subject has been like, Oh my God, take that down. And then I'm like, Oh, I was just trying to be nice. So cause you use like an unflattering sucked. photo. Yeah. I don't even wish people happy birthday on their Facebook pages anymore. I like will text them separately and be like, Hey, happy birthday. And I just use Facebook yeah. as like a calendar. Yeah. Uh, I, I've started doing phone calls now, which is very jarring oh. for people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's very mature. Thank you. Thank you. They that's always very think, exciting. They think I'm like their student loans disguised as Justin Perez's phone number. Because <laughs> like, the only two people who call me are student loans. Why are you calling me Justin Perez? <laughs> that's and they always really call funny. me by my full name. That's just their thing. That's oh. it. Yeah. Should we call you by Justin, Justin Perez? No, no. You, you should call me by whatever you want. Uh, call oh, me by your name. Call me by your name. (laughs) Maddie and Maddie number two. (laughs) Love it. Perfect. Um, All right. Well, Shay, do you have a hot topic for us? Um, hmm. So I have actually a really good one, but I'm saving it. I'm sorry, Justin Prez. I'm saving it for when we have a female guest. Oh. We could do it twice um, to get two perspectives. Let me see if I... saved anything else interesting oh i have one while you're looking (laughs) no i yes i don't um have one that's okay so yes matt i have a good one i'm dropping the ball here you dropped the millennial moment it's fine you go with your topic professional um okay so mine is an article in salon and it first of all has one of our favorite topics about how people confuse millennials with the children of today the gen yes hate this um because Millennials were not the ones eating the Tide Pods. Mm. It was the youths. It's true. It's my PSA for the day. But this salon article is called Why Millennials Are Making Memes About Wanting to Die. And they talk about the Tide Pods. But then they also talked about this other stuff, which I was like, I have not spent enough time on the internet. Because apparently people have been posting memes about wanting to drink bleach. Yeah. And I was, have you seen this? No, no. I was like, that's horrible. So anyways, there's, they went into this whole like existential thing about how Millennials, because we faced the recession and the financial crisis and all of this stuff, we just have a bleak outlook on life mm. and everyone's broke and mm. everyone's upset and all the humor is just super bleak and memeified. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. And Justin, as a comedian, which I don't think we mentioned yet what you yeah, right. do um, for a living, but um, what do you feel like doing stand up that millennials have a distinct sense of humor from other generations or not so much? Um, I think everything in comedy goes through waves, and um, if you get, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, it was very, like, I don't know, I mean, sarcastic, uh, early 2000s started to get a little meta, uh, it, it, everything sort of has waves in terms of, like, for a while, although this person is person non, non grata, is that the is that the term? Persona non grata. Persona non grata. Excellent. But for a while, um, shows were copying sort of like Louis' show for a while. Like if you look at Atlanta, it's very similar to that. And so there's all these sort of popular things that they sort of do like a variation of. So I don't know. I don't think the the question was: Is comedy? Do you think? Like, do you get a different sense, like, doing comedy in front of, like, a millennial audience versus oh. maybe a group that's younger or older? Like, is there a different sense yes. of humor there? Yes, I do think there is a different sense of humor. It's more so that if you have a joke, this isn't all crowds, this is some crowds, and usually just a person. But if you have a joke <laughs> with one trigger word in any form, 
whether it's like an allergic reaction or like a race or gender or something like that, people will let you know, whereas they think older crowds don't do that per se all the time. Like they might feel offended, but they're not going to like have like an outburst or be like, ugh, like visibly they, to you. Yeah. Or they, they don't have a... They may keep it to themselves. I mean, they may be offended, but I, I don't, I wouldn't know. I, I have no idea. Yeah. But what I is think like an younger... example of that kind of outburst? I did a show, I don't have very controversial jokes, <laughs> and I still have offended people, because, um, I don't know, but um, I, I did a joke, um, I'll just say it, I'm not going to perform it, but I, I will just say it. I may that... have told Justin that you asked the guests but, to do bits. But you kind of, I kind of already asked you in your elevator speech, and I didn't even have oh, to yeah. bully you, you just that did was it. Good. Oh, so well, there you go. you can do it again. I'm you funny. Can do it again. <laughs> Please believe me. Uh, so the joke was, I, I I do this whole bit about dating, and you know, um, uh, I dated somebody younger than me. I dated someone uh, at one point who was ten years younger than me, which was, you know, uh, she's got daddy issues. <laughs> uh, obviously, no, <laughs> you're not that old. No, no. but so I, I talked about dating somebody younger, and then I was saying that you know, my uh, my ex girlfriend was so so much younger than me that we had all these differences. Like she, like for example, she used to refer to nine eleven as 911 <laughs> oh no because she was eight you know you know because she was eight years old when it happened she had a list yeah. you know i didn't make up her life that's <laughs> that was her life and so i i tell that joke and people just go, like sometimes it goes over great and then sometimes people just hear the word 911 and, and like, nothing oh. else yeah but the actual construction of the joke is a joke about age yeah but i have gotten people to come up to me and it's like, you know, it's not funny to make fun of 9-11. And I'm like, I was I not. I was not. <laughs> I was making fun of my decisions yeah. that I've dated somebody who had a lisp when they were eight. You know, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. you want me to do. This isn't, yeah. I didn't make her life this yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. So I, I think that's the, the biggest thing is I, I've personally noticed people will come up to you and tell you why this is offended, which is interesting. And I think there's some perspective to get from that. But sometimes there's not. I, yeah. I, <laughs> sometimes you're like, no. Yeah. Well, and I think we're in a... Oh, sorry, Maddie. No, no, no. You go ahead. Oh. Uh, we're in a culture where it, it's wonderful because we're encouraging people to speak out. But yes. it can get very loud and it can get a little stifling sometimes. So there, you have to find the balance there. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of the people who do speak out are not the ones using critical thinking skills and like thinking through, like you said, the construct of your joke. They're just coming out and saying like, you offended me. And that's the problem. It, it, it you know, I, I have to say, Justin, I think you have to be careful with the 9-11 in your comedy. But, you know, it's better if someone is telling you it's offensive because they have taken literally 30 seconds to process again the construct of the joke yeah i mean i I've, i had an uncle who died 9 11 I, I have friends and family who were responders yeah, so like i we all have a connection to it but it, it's yeah bizarre to me that i i, I don't know it, the, the whole thing is weird but i have been i have told jokes that someone has talked to me about and then i have been like i agree with re your perspective that's a good point i never yeah. thought about that so I, I think it works both ways but for that joke i will always hold but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. We agree. We are pro the eight-year-old 9-11 joke. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So if we don't have any... What is that noise? Oh. Is that me? Something's happening. Is that my house making There was a noises? rumble. There we go. It's gone. 
Okay. There was a mysterious ghost. Um, if no one else has any other comments on that article, I will turn it over to Justin. Do you have any hot topics from the news or different things that you want to talk about oh, man. before we jump into the interview portion? Hot topics from the news. Uh, I have, or just life. You know, it doesn't have to be. I have. Um, I read an interesting article. I'm a Puerto Rican gentleman. Uh, I read an interesting article about the. Um, I think it's Article 22 in the the. Puerto Rican constitution basically that allows a tax break for people coming and setting up businesses in Puerto Rico where they pay no, <laughs> they pay like no, they essentially pay no taxes. I think no I've heard taxes. about this, yeah, like it's to actually, encourage business and people to move to Puerto Rico. Right? Yes. It's very helpful for those people and no one else. Yeah. It's very Because if you're already bizarre. in Puerto Rico, you don't get it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's you have to live there for 180 days. Uh, let me see if I, I have the article in front of me. Um, and it's very disturbing. I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know what else to say and about this it. this is in the Constitution? That's wild, that it's not just, like, a law. It's it's a law. It, it might be, like, an amendment or something. I, I, I don't know enough about the, the nitty-gritties about it. Um, it's called Act 22. And, uh, yeah, it is not cool. <laughs> yeah. That's all I have to say, I guess. Yeah, I think cool we that. also agree that it's not cool. We also agree, yeah, it is not cool. Um, but... Do you still have a lot of family in Puerto Rico? Do you go exist? down there often? Uh, I have, like, 20 or so family members who still live in Puerto Rico. Um yeah, it's a very bizarre place because I've never been, so I don't have as much of a frame of reference for like oh, what day to day like life is like and how the influence of having people come in from the states yeah. is. So on they that live there. throughout time. So the history. I'll give this is a very brief history of Puerto Rico. <laughs> uh, it was owned by Spain, and then the Spanish American War happened. America won, and as a consolation, they also got uh, Puerto Rico. And the way they Surprise. let, yeah, huzzah! And the way they let them know is they fired a few cannons into San Juan, into old San Juan, killing a few, you know, a few, like a few dozen people. And then, as one does, as one seems does. fine. Yeah, and then they came ashore and planted flags and said, "This is now part of America," and that's essentially how uh, Puerto Rico has been part of America. And then, uh, in the early 1900s, in 1892 or so. Uh, and then the early 1900s, they became U.S. citizens. They were granted U.S. citizenship. They were this weird sort of middle ground. And ever since then, it's sort of been this uh, bizarre colony. That's really what it is. It's not like they can't affect the presidential election. They can vote for their own um, Congress and all that stuff, but they have no actual representation in Washington, D.C. Yeah. They can sort of make speeches, but they can't actually affect change in any form. They don't pay income tax. But they have the highest amount of people in terms of uh, uh, groups uh, that participate in the military. They do all these things, and mm -hmm. they're sort of in this weird status. And this is just another example of a tax break being given to people, but really it's just a way to sort of yeah, make a weird. tax haven for the super rich. Yeah. Are you in favor of Puerto Rico becoming the 51st state? I'm in favor of anything but what's going on now. Yeah. So either mm -hmm. independence or the 51st state, anything would be better than right now because 
the response to Hurricane Maria and the response to a lot of things would not be the same. Are you saying that Donald Trump throwing paper towels at people is not enough? Is that what I'm hearing? (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm just furious he didn't throw paper towels at people in North Carolina this past (laughs) month. I was like, that's not fair. Throw paper towels, do it to everyone. Yeah, do it. Have that be your thing. After a disaster, you just peg people with paper towels. Wouldn't that that be something? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, so that's the, the sad, boring article I read in GQ. That was sad and boring. No, but it's interesting. It's good. I don't think yeah. we've talked at all about Puerto Rico on this podcast, so it's good to get that out there. I know. I actually, when you were talking about that, it made me realize how very little I know about Puerto Rico, although I thought I was a relatively woke person. I know very little about the history of Puerto Rico and its troubles. I, I and a, triumphs. <laughs> triumphs. I, I have a friend who tried to have a discussion with me about it, but he didn't know any of the history. He was like, why don't they just become independent? I go... And they're like, listen. Well, it, it would be like your dog saying, I want to be independent. You'd be like, mm, that's nice, but yeah. I that's my decision. So, like, there's a vote that comes up every few years about statehood and all this stuff. And, you know, it's always... It's not a great vote in the sense of, like, it's never, like, an overwhelming majority one mm-hmm. way or the other. And even if it was, U.S. can just say, no, (laughs) we like what's going on there. So just like keep it as is. So it's kind of a a limbo. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Well, shall we move into the interview portion for young Justin here? Let's move on. All right. So Justin Perez, comedian. Yes. I would like to start with how Justin and I know each other. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I was wondering this myself, actually. Justin... You have a credit, and I would like to know, Yeah, was there an extensive audition process to be the floppy wiener man on the Guys We Fucked Experience show? Well... What was that like? Do you put it on your resume? I, I do put it on my resume. It's uh, It's gotten me nowhere. And if uh, we want to explain to Shay and our listeners yeah. what I mean by Please floppy wiener man. So uh, a fr- two friends of mine run a podcast called Guys We Fucked. It's, it's popular, and they have a live show called the Guys We Fucked Experience. And uh, when they first started doing test shows in New York, they asked, uh, Corinne asked me specifically because we both did a show in Long Island City called The Naked Show. And we oh. both did stand up comedy for 10 minutes fully naked. So she oh. knew that I was cool with wow. nudity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did a split in mine at the end. And, uh, oh, boy. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, flexible. No, I, I didn't make it all the way down, but it was, you know, a half The split. attempt. You yeah. Tried. Yeah. Uh, and, um, she knows, okay, with nudity. So she just was like, Hey, do you want to do some weird nude thing? You can do whatever you want. Just come out and do some weird nude thing. And I was like, yeah. And so I started doing it. They paid me for it, which is even funnier. That's awesome. And I got a few drinks and I would have done it for free. And I did do it for free the first couple of times. And, uh, yeah. And it's, and so that's how Maddie saw so me. So meanwhile, first. I'll tell this story from my perspective. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm at the Young show <laughs> with two lesbians mm-hmm. who have never seen a dick before. Oh, and that's you. Young I, I Justin. You <laughs> yeah. Young Justin comes. We're sitting near the aisle oh, and we're eye level with the wiener just flopping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And they both turned to me. I'm sitting in the middle and they were both like, that's the first penis I've ever seen. Wow. And then I I subsequently posted an Instagram at Corinne, and I was like, the Floppy Wiener Man was a huge hit. And then she tagged Justin, yeah. and that's how we know each other. Yeah. Maddie, you're so well connected. I, I also <laughs> just want to note, we have now talked about Floppy Wieners <laughs> two episodes in a row. 
Wait, what did we talk? Oh, we were talking about male burlesque. Oh, which I thought was just meat coptering. It's not <laughs> meat coptering. That's a great term for it. Which the person on the podcast did not know what meat coptering was. So I'm yeah, glad I, you know. I, I, I've never heard the term, but I understand it like immediately. <laughs> it's very I, descriptive. Meat coptering. Yeah, I get it. It's not. Turns out. Yeah, I think I did a cartwheel in the show. You saw me. I did a cartwheel. Yeah. I have done a bridge, a naked bridge. Oh. And You're I very flexible, the splits. I, I so don't know. you just... Oh, go on. Oh, yeah. Shay has not seen the show. So oh, you... so what they do is they're talking and they're like, just to let you know, this is nothing like our podcast. Anything can happen. And then as they say that, I come out naked and I start like fist pumping. And then I do a cartwheel, do a bridge. Um, and then I started doing this. I don't know if you saw this. I ran into the audience like a psychopath yes that's how we saw i didn't touch you anyone ran, you so ran past we're us. good <laughs> uh but i ran to the audience and then i went back to try to get backstage and the door was locked that happens to me one time so then <laughs> no. i just like started doing that i just started like pretending the door was locked and, <laughs> and then i was like, locked and then i had to walk through the audience to get back into the green room and that was the that's thing that's hilarious I, did. I don't like, think i hey saw guys. that but yeah this is like a gross charlie chaplin bits like i was just yeah. coming up with bits based off happy accidents but not as funny as that's charlie awesome chaplin. that's really funny yeah that's great love it. that you got paid and so everything. when I you're not <laughs> performing as floppy wiener man yes. tell us a little bit about your comedy oh my comedy uh my comedy is uh or your journey to comedy however you whatever all of comedy it. i i went to school initially at depaul university in chicago oh. For My acting. best high school friend went to DePaul, so Who's... I know it very well. Oh, but they're probably younger, right? Yeah. All right, I don't know them then. They're my age. Yeah, I definitely don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, I went to school initially for acting at DePaul, and then uh, I transferred to Long Island to go to Adelphi University, and uh, it's real. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I ended up moving to the city afterwards. I had a series of bizarre jobs when I first moved to the city. Um, I was a waiter, a bartender. I, I um, waited at a bunch of restaurants, including a, one that just recently closed, this, the NoHo Star oh. in Lafayette and Bleecker. Oh, yeah. It's very I, close to NYU. Yes. I've never eaten there, but I always walked past it and thought it looked nice. It was really nice. They had a high turnover rate, and I got <laughs> uh, fired for spilling wine and coffee on the same person. Yeah, I would fire you. Yeah, it was an accident, and it was a little Shea bit. Shay is ruthless. But, uh, yeah, I deserved it. And um, I worked at Bleecker Street Bar as a bartender. Then I worked as an emergency responder for Lehman Brothers, oh. which does not oh. exist anymore. What does uh, that even mean? Lehman Brothers was a financial uh, bank that went that famously closed down in 2008. Well, I know that, but how, how were you an oh, emergency, emergency responder? <laughs> Oh, so this is a very bizarre job. I was looking for a different work <laughs> instead of bartending and waitering. And I, like a f family friend was like, oh, I, you should be an emergency responder at this building. So basically they trained me in AED and CPR. And basically, basically if one of the old white dudes had a heart attack, I was to respond first oh. before the ambulance got there. And I was to perform oh. CPR. So you just and went to work AED and you machine. sat in the building I during the day? I sat and played on a computer every day. Did you ever have to Did deploy you? your skills? Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I was very lucky. I, I only worked at four months and thankfully, and then they no. went bankrupt or and, then you left. No, your job. <laughs> that was in 2005 mm. and they went bankrupt in 2008. Uh, so they were still going strong at that yeah, time. Yeah. It's now the Barclays building on like 47th and 7th. 
And so I did that. And then I got a job as a flight attendant. And I did that for a full year with another company that also doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) Uh, It was a uh, charter airline that only owned eight planes. It was called North American Airlines. They eventually got bought out by another airline called World Holdings. And their planes were absolved and like like sort of taken into that company where did you fly to anywhere cool i went to 22 countries in one year because it was mostly military charters and it was very cool and uh it paid very little i made about twenty-three thousand in new york city (laughs) since 2005 to 2006 uh which is still bad uh still a bad amount of money to make for me and uh it was cool though it was very cool and I, if I didn't have any money in my account, I would just steal food from the plane. I Delicious. mean, why not? Why not, right? So many peanuts. So, so many peanuts, time. so many rolls, uh, so many dinner rolls. Honestly, I fly Delta because I'm from Detroit and it's like a Delta hub. Yes. Um, and they have a very delightful cheese selection, mm-hmm. I have found. So yeah. I think things have improved maybe since 2006. I trust the cheese uh, plates from most places. Yeah. Food it's is a safe different. option. Yeah, yeah, the food's different, but the cheese plates are hard to mess up. That's exciting. That's true. Yeah. Um, Do you guys have any questions about plane stuff? I know so yeah. much. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I, I could give you very weird facts about plane stuff. Yes, facts. We love it. Facts, and also if you have any weird interactions with passengers. Um, yeah. I get some weird ones, but <laughs> the plane facts are more interesting to me. <laughs> so um, I've done a lot of reading and personal experience, and um, most – uh, plane accidents, the majority of people who live are male and young. Why is that? Why is that? And it doesn't matter the gender, like the amount of, you know, the gender disparity on any flight. Do you think it's because women are bad in crises? No, I don't think that's what it is. It's because men push women out of the way uh, like no. monsters. Savages. <laughs> really? Before the plane <laughs> blows up. Yeah, that uh, always happens. And oh like they'll find women and children by the door, sort of like pushed aside. And that's like a consistent <laughs> thing. It's it's in this book, Stiff, by Mary Roach. I do oh, love Mary Stiff Roach is great. She book. wrote um, Grunt about yeah, yeah, yeah. about like uh, marine stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, th- that's in that book. Um, I think people have a weird thing of flying. You, you guys probably know this, but flying is just hitting buttons and then sitting back. They're not actually holding like the pilot. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they only do take off and landing, and the rest is just punching and stuff. Yeah. Did you feel prepared as a flight attendant? If the plane was going down, could you yeah. help people? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you notice when a plane takes off, they'll make an announcement that you probably don't pay attention to, but it says um, uh, cross-check and comply or something like that. Yeah. And basically what they're saying is just make sure that the slide is ready to pop off if you open oh, the door. that's And good. then when you land, you make sure the slide lock is unengaged so that if you open the door at the gate a slide doesn't pop and like kill the poor guy who's like you know by the gate that would be I'm sure those slides are quite you know fierce when they yeah they out. come out at like i don't know 60 70 miles per hour so oh, in like flight attendant school did you have to like go down the slide yes yes it was very dumb they flew us to delta because they have a thing in georgia yeah so they flew us down atlanta and we essentially went on like a, a mock plane and we didn't open the slide and have it pop out because that's a very expensive thing to do, like to <laughs> yeah. to do that and because you know whatever. And so uh, we just went off like a slide. So they flew us <laughs> down there to go down a slide and to like fake that's get amazing. people out of an emergency. They had like a smoke machine going and stuff, 
and wow. that was the training. It was very bizarre, and like we could have just went to a park and gone down a slide <laughs> for the training. Like they could have saved a lot of money. The but slide wasn't even like a a replica of the slide that you would. They go had a down. door that was a replica, and then it had a slide coming out of the door already. Wow! So it wasn't hmm. like you know we got to feel what it felt like to pop a slide. Yeah. But um, yeah, but that was part of the training. It was like I don't know two or three weeks training. For that. That's interesting. Did you have any anxiety about flying before you were a flight attendant? No, I didn't really think about it. I'm a very, um, I'm like a dog. I don't really think about things. <laughs> and <laughs> it's not good. Uh, and um, I just didn't really think about it. And then once I started flying, I realized there's turbulence on every flight. And uh, that's good. That's not a bad thing. And uh, oh, Why is it good? Because it means nothing. It just, <laughs> I, it just I don't know. The it, plane's in motion. You're yeah, it's to your like if your car were to shake a little Party bit, times. it means nothing. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, it's just a normal thing of flights. What thing? If I'm on a flight and you know, turbulence or sometimes it like drops. What? It, what? How to ask this question? At what point, At what should, point I should I be nervous? Start getting nervous. <laughs> if you see the flight attendants nervous, that's bad. Because they're usually not nervous because they've seen everything. Like, I've been in a, a flight where we did an emergency landing and basically, like, dropped out of the sky going <gasps> 140 miles per hour or so. Did it feel like a roller coaster? What did it feel like? Um, it just was a very hard landing and, like, bags came down as he landed. Uh, of course, it was a male pilot. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and so, like, the bags came down and stuff and it was very dramatic, but... Uh, but it didn't feel like a roller coaster like drop. It felt like it a roller bit. coaster at, right before it touched down on the ground. <gasps> Ugh, that would make me barf. Did anyone barf? No, no, I I didn't see anyone barf. That that's pretty common. People barf all the time. Really? Yeah, and then <laughs> that's like my worst fear. The worst I is know. when people. Ugh. I've only barfed on a plane when I was a kid. Oh no, people people barf all the time. The worst <laughs> is when they put it back in the seat in front of them. Oh yeah, they're too ashamed. No, no, oh, no. You should just tell them. Yeah, I mean, don't tell him. Just go to the bathroom, throw it away, do yeah. something. I, I'm not going to do anything with it. I, I would have just been like, <laughs> if I pulled the call button, you wouldn't have taken it from me. No, I wouldn't have taken it. There's no, it's not a world I would take that. There. Um, what if also, I sealed it up all nicely for you? No, no, I would have been no. like, I would have been like, <laughs> you could have Miss, escorted me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, start this way. I'll, I'll give you a private bathroom. Um, another thing is, don't ever use the blankets if you can avoid it, because they may be sealed in plastic, but they're just resealed. They're not like clean per se. Just because mm. they're in plastic does not mean... I always mean wondered it. that. Yeah, they're just resealed as is. Like, they may be shaken off or something. I always bring, like, wet wipes on the plane with me, too. I'm, yes. like, the crazy person that, like, wipes it down. Like, the Smart. tray table. The tray table is disgusting. Yeah. I was on a flight from... A personal flight from San Francisco, and a child... I was in the middle seat between a, like, one-year-old, and the baby was changed on the, uh... On the, uh, the tray <laughs> table. I'm gonna barf. Yeah. <laughs> Before I could even, like, protest, th th this little boy was just, like, bottomless. And I was and like, no, like, no! But you were in the middle seat? I was in the middle seat. How did that He happen? was in the aisle, and then a another stranger was in the corner. And But the mom was across the aisle from the baby. No, the mom was behind it. And the reason... Flat baby. The reason they weren't together is because on... on uh, for every, like, let's say it's three seats in a row, there's only four oxygen masks. So it, the mom had... Uh... I'm sorry, the mom also had a kid. Yeah. So there was... Two parents, you know, there was parents yeah. and then two kids, so they couldn't sit next to each other because there wouldn't be enough oxygen mass for everyone. Oh, because she had like a kid in her lap. She had, yeah. she, had, she had a lap child also. They both were lap children. Like he was one, yeah. and the mom had like a, a, a newborn. <laughs> this sounds like too much. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare, <laughs> and uh, would say that yeah, that's one thing I would do. 
What do you think is like the most annoying thing that people do when you were a flight attendant? Like, what can we do to be better plane citizens? Um, I would say <laughs> um, like everything. Just, just cooperate, I guess. Yeah. Um, just... Oh, this is an actual legitimate question. Why do I have to put my seat back up and put the tray table up when we're landing? Yeah. Oh, because if there's emergency landing... Um, it's just like shit everywhere? Yeah, shit goes everywhere and you don't want a projectile going into your stomach. Uh, so, so like, you know how the seat... Yeah. The the seat belt's only a, a, bo- a lap part? So it should be... A, yeah, a, so you a, could like jam into the table yeah, if it's you, out. Yeah, you could jam into anything. You could jam into the seat in front of you. It's a liability thing. And the reason they tell mm-hmm. you to put on seatbelts during turbulence is because people will break a vertebrae during turbulence because they'll go flying up into the, into the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And oh. so they do that to have less... That's more legitimate than I thought. Yeah, this they have good. less lawsuits. It's happened to me. I was walking And also safety. You don't want people... Yeah, breaking to get concussed yeah, that happened to me. I was walking through turbulence, and I flew up to the ceiling and then came mm. down. But I just hit my head very hard. I was not. Oh, Did you no. get concussed or anything? No, no. That's I, good. I thankfully was not concussed. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Wow. So let's let's talk about Justin today. <laughs> Justin, what are you a full time comedian and floppy wiener man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a full-time Sorry, floppy wiener. Uh, no, no, I'm a, I'm a full-time floppy wiener man, a uh, part-time comedian. Uh, no, I uh, my I have a day job. I'm not a full-time comedian. I do comedy as much as possible. Um, I host a podcast, and my day job is very bizarre. Once again, I have nothing but bizarre jobs <laughs> that people think are incongruous to me. I have, I'm a um, court officer, which is like a bailiff oh, or like yeah. a cop in court, and that's my day job. Mm, that's yeah. fun. You are a very interesting person, Justin. No, Perez. no, it's it's just the jobs. I'm I, I stare at the wall. Did you join that day. like the NYPD to do that? No, no, no. So, the, uh, so my job, court officers, is a state job, oh. and so I'm employed by the state of New York. It's very different. Like, uh, I think NYPD training is six months, and my training was about three or four months because we so, don't really go outside. As the court officer slash bailiff, yes. um, is it just like on Law and Order? Um, I would say no. I'd say Night Court is more accurate, and you wouldn't know what that is, but that's a show that the older people know. Yes, yes. Upper... I'm just thinking of, like, the Amanda show when she's like, bailiff! <laughs> that's exactly like the Amanda show. <laughs> Do you ever have to, like, wrestle people to the ground? It's happened before, yeah. I've oh been doing God. a job for 12 years. Uh, I got it when oh, I was wow. in 2006. I started... And uh, I have had to wrestle people. Um, we're usually so the difference between us and like PD, besides uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of things, is <laughs> we're mostly reactive. We're not proactive. Yeah. We have to react to things that happen in the court. So a lot of times there'll be a verdict because uh, I'm in Brooklyn Criminal Court, the Supreme Court of it. So it's just felonies going to trial, and um, you'll have like a murder trial, and there'll be a verdict. And let's People say are it's, upset. Yeah, so one side is very happy and the other side's very upset and yes. the other side doesn't like that they're happy. And so it's not they'll be like a brawl. Little, yeah, they'll it's not always a brawl, but usually one person will instigate instigate something, a guy or you know, somebody's mother a lot of times. It's just we have to just sort of escort them out there as quietly as possible. And uh yes, I've long story short, I've had to I've had to wrestle people and it's not fun ever. So along the same lines, at least once a season on Law and Order, some 
one unexpectedly shoots someone in the courtroom or on the courthouse <laughs> stairs. Um, has this ever happened to you? Um, it's never happened in the courtroom. We have metal detectors. It would be very... <laughs> very difficult. It would be very difficult. I'm sure it's possible. It's just not probable. Um, so that hasn't happened. But um, there have been incidents of people shooting people at, like, maybe a few blocks from our court. Like, um, I know a few weeks ago, um, or a few months ago, somebody would who just had court was shot in the Fulton mall, which is maybe like five or six blocks from our court. So I think mm. they were following them from like, we, we turned over footage to the PD, but basically they were following them from court all the way to the Fulton mall and shot them there. So it happens. Wow. It's just not as dramatic as the steps yeah. of court. Cause that is where the most police and court officers are. So you have to be very alert for your job. Is yes. it, is that difficult or are the cases like, interesting and it makes you like more engaged or um, i mean you've been doing this for 12 years yeah so. have either of you ever been in court for anything like jury duty or something uh no no it's very boring my mom is a prosecutor so i've heard stories from her mm-hmm. we're at uh in michigan oh interesting yeah, just outside of detroit it's very boring um <laughs> the only so the way court i mean court please Please stop me if, if I'm saying something very obvious because I, I I don't know like yeah, everyone's. This is level. all fascinating. So so court the way tr- trials work is you can only ask questions. Lawyers could literally say nothing besides a question. So in order to establish like this person was there, they have to establish everything else sort of leading up to that point at, through a series of questions, and it's very boring. So like let's say there's video footage of a guy being shot in a bodega. They have to bring in the bodega guy who has to testify that he gave this footage to a cop. The cop has to come and testify he picked up the footage. <laughs> then somebody from um, the technical unit of the PD has to come in and say, I made a CD of this copy of this thing, and that's why I'm here today. Then they ha- like It's this whole process of showing mm-hmm. you chain of custody. It's very important for prosecution and for defense, sh- showing the chain of custody of every single item and how everything came to be. And it's very boring. For the, for the most part, it's very boring. And then occasionally, you'll get someone who actually witnessed something. And that's also another weird thing, because witness testimony is not particularly reliable. Especially if they're strangers to each mm-hmm. other, because, I I mean, it's yeah. it's just not reliable. They might not know what they're seeing, or yeah, and who that person is, or what's going on. I mean, imagine someone you saw for 10 seconds, and then you have to testify about yeah. them two years later in court. Uh, like, I... Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's say someone had a heart attack at Starbucks, and then you have to testify about what that person looked like two years later. Like, I, I don't know what that person like, looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's very bizarre. Um, but it's interesting, but it's also very boring. Yeah. So basically, a lot of my job is staying up and not falling asleep. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. And do you stand all day, or do you get to sit down? No, no, I, I get to sit. I, I okay. stand if I think I'm falling asleep. I'll stand up. But oh. I get a lot or of writing. Someone, something's happening. Something's Shit's happening. going down. I, I put down my pencil and my paper and I uh, I react. How did you find this job in the first place? It's a very sad story. My mom uh, is a court officer also. But when I was 17 and 18 years old, she signed me up to take civil service tests. Garbage men, NYPD, FDNY, state troopers. And she just would be like, Hey, guess what? You're taking the garbage test today. Hey, guess <laughs> oh, what? You're taking. They're the all different option. ones. They're all different. They yeah. all have their different like civil yeah. service tests. She would just sign sign me up without me knowing about it, and just so so when I was in college, the NYPD and the fire department, and all these other agencies came a calling for your boy JVP, 
Uh, but I was in college, so I, I, I declined a lot like, of them. No, yeah. And uh, I ended up getting this job because that was perfect timing for me. That's cool. Yeah, cool. so that's my uh, day job. Yeah. So your night job is you hang out with good friend of the pod, Mike Coscarelli. I, I do. On your pod, if yes. you want to talk about oh, that. Oh, Mike. Yes. Uh, can I curse on this pod? Oh, yeah. We have yeah. an explicit rating. Okay. In SFW. Oh, that's safe for work. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I run a podcast with Mike called Shit My Girlfriend Makes Me Watch. What were you going to say if we told oh, you you couldn't curse? you're this person. I'm that person. That <laughs> makes sense now. It's... Sorry. <laughs> wow. Why? What, what did you think? I, I'm... She no, thought I you were Gene Gatman. No, I'm just kidding. Mike... Gene Gatman. Oh, the other <laughs> podcast he runs. Yeah, you're not Gene, so you're Justin. He's no, clearly so not Gene. see <laughs> Mike posting about it and I keep thinking oh that looks really funny I need to listen to it yeah but I haven't listened to it yet because I've been catching up on all my sad sad podcasts and my murder podcast so now I'm ready for a comedy podcast so this one is at the top of the list thank you so what do you guys discuss um we discussed um it, it it was sort of born out of Mike uh it's been a relationship for a little while and his girlfriend has made a, I mean, for, for every relationship, you know, you watch yeah. something, I'm sure, with your boyfriend. And uh, she's made him watch uh, some reality TV, and he found himself secretly liking a lot of it. And, and so we discuss TV shows that our girlfriends have made us watch, you know, that we like, that some we 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 strongly dislike. I feel like you guys only like Shaws of Sunset. We love Shaws of Sunset. <laughs> and we've now added another show that we love, Are You the One?, Oh, okay. MTV is actually very, very uh, good. I look forward to this episode. Let's so, what? Which ones do you hate? Mike hates keeping up the Kardashians. I'm indifferent about it. I don't think it's that bad. Mike thinks it's a dredge on society, yeah. and he doesn't like Kim Kardashian. And I think that just shows how smart she is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I listened to that episode. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah, Mike is very dumb about it. Mike is fooled by the reality show. I'm like, this is all just. He thinks it's real. Yeah, and I'm like, Mike. It's definitely they, not I real. I don't think they have a single conflict in the world, <laughs> these sisters. I think they're given us like a, a vague script, and they're mm-hmm. doing it. And I, I don't. I really think they get along great, actually. And he's like, no. <laughs> she, the way she well, deals with her sisters is really telling of the type of person she is. And I'm like, you're assigning no. things to her. Yeah. That's not true. It's, yeah, and it's also really. I mean, they should be winning Emmys for their editing. But also, true. did we talk about this? Um, Oh, God, now I'm totally losing my train of thought. Um, okay, never mind. That's It'll okay. come back to me. So The Bachelor you guys have talked about, We've too? We've talked about The Bachelor. I, I've always been a big Bachelor fan. Throughout many relationships, I've been through The Bachelor, and that's always the the one that I, I'm pretty Did down Did you ever with. watch it when you weren't in a relationship? Oh, that's a great question. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for this podcast, uh, I, I was in a relationship, but, she, yeah. but my girlfriend okay, so now this, doesn't watch this it. This is why I want to peel back the curtain on this podcast. Please. Do you guys? Do you and Mike sit there and watch the shows together, or are your girlfriends always there? So, okay. So Mike's girlfriend... Like, do you and Mike, are you like, sit down and you're like, Shaw's a sunset, let's go. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of both. So sometimes he will watch it with his girlfriend and tell me to watch the show. Like, for Shaw's a sunset, he watched the first episodes of the season told me to watch it and then i did on my own and then sometimes we will watch them together which is very fun but we have to take notes and not speak to each other the entire time so it's oh, a very sad experience rules. yeah because we don't want to ruin anything for the pod so we specifically don't speak about things oh. you so, guys could do some like cool live stuff 
maybe i don't know oh yeah that's a good idea or some like watch alongs yeah just know. watch alongs that's a good idea mm-hmm. live tweet like how the video oh, yeah. game people do it like you oh, watch like, people watch a video game you yeah. can watch have like a split <laughs> screen of like you and mike and then watching like reality tv i, I would watch that i like that yeah um cool. can i ask do you guys watch any reality i, I know you you're a big bachelor person yes um, I used to watch The Bachelor. I, sadly, I haven't watched it since Maddie uh, and yeah. I are no longer roommates. Shay and I used um, to have a podcast called Shit I Made My Roommate Watch, and it was me making... No, we didn't. Oh, I'm I was just like, kidding. really? I was no. like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for stealing <laughs> so much <laughs> of your name. Idea. It um, was me making say, Shay I watch really The like, Well, I really like Hollywood medium. If I had to pick a reality oh, yeah, show that I like most of all, that's my favorite. Um, and then I like... Oh, right now I'm watching a really... But these are not, like, the trashy ones. These are, like, the TLC oh, ones. They also do they prestige count. stuff. Yeah, we, we, did a, <laughs> we did a movie episode where we did uh, um, all the... So all the boys I've yeah. loved before. And also um, Train... Not, not Trainwreck. I Feel Pretty. I Feel Pretty. Yes. Which and Mike we're is also looking to do a prestige, uh, you know, quote-unquote yeah. woman show, like uh, like sharp, sharp Objects or something like that. Oh, I want to watch that. So. To get a new HBO yeah. subscription. So, so any show can be a show we watch. Yeah. What do you make David watch? Well, I made him watch Counting On, and he liked oh, it. Oh yeah, you guys should do the Duggars. What's the Counting 19- On? It's the spinoff show to oh, Nineteen God. Kids and Counting on TLC. Oh my God. You guys They're need to get into thing? the TLC. Oh, are yeah. they a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. Oh man, that's sad. <laughs> <gasps> it's not sad. It's great. Is it really great? Yeah, Shay and I both watch it. It's so great. It's my why favorite. is it great? I, I've I've never even thought about them in years. Because they're well, so fascinating. They're so so. First of all, once again, excellent editing because these people are so Jesusy and they really edit out a lot of the Jesus. Yeah, not that I don't love the Jesus, but <laughs> a, b, their lifestyle is just and you watch it and you're like tricked into this feeling of like it's normal and it's sweet and it's this family and, and then, then you're like, like these like, people are having their first kiss on their like, wedding day. Ah. Crazy. It's yeah. just like a good glimpse into like how the other side lives. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, and there's so many of them that it's like so many personalities. You're like, if you don't like one, there's 19 other of them, you know? Yeah. And they all, do they all kind of vaguely look like? Yeah. Kind of. Well, some of them are definitely more attractive than others. Yeah. I mean, some of those girls are very pretty. But you some have Some of the a little whole, ones look a little squirrely. Like, <laughs> squirrely. the whole TLC channel, I feel like you guys have not touched upon at all. No. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of stuff. My 600 pound Is 90 Day Fiance on there too? Yes. I was, okay, I was told Maddie, to watch that. What? Whispering. Why don't we do a crossover episode oh. and talk about TLC? I would be. I, I I know we would both be into it. Yeah. Because we we're constantly just looking for people who are like, is this your thing? Okay, well we'll watch a few episodes of this and then come and talk to us about it. I can talk about how I uh, auditioned for The Bachelor, which is weird. About what? I think when I auditioned for The Bachelor. You know about this. Oh yes, how you auditioned for The Bachelor. It was very funny because all I heard was audition the. I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, So that's Maddie. very exciting. So outside of this podcast, you also do stand-up comedy. Yes, I do stand-up comedy. How long ago did you start that and what Um, I started doing comedy it? in 2010 uh, with improv and uh, sketch. And then I, I think a year or two later, I think 2011 or 2012, I started doing stand-up uh, at various uh, levels of participation. <laughs> and then uh, got super into it, maybe like... Uh, 2013 14 so for the last uh however many years five years six seven eight, yeah 
I, I just, that was sad. I had to, <laughs> to count aloud. Uh, so the last like five years or so. Very cool. Didn't stand up. So do you love it? Are you in it to win it? Um, eh. <laughs> take it or leave it. I, I'm not like, um, like I know you've had Mike. I know you've had like Erica Spear on before. She is a stand-up. Like she truly sees that as the one. I mean, I'm not spe- I This is like things we've yeah. talked about. Um, she sees that as like her way into, to, like into comedy business. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. I, it's not necessarily the the end all be all for me. I I like stand-up. I just am not like that insane person. You also about have it. like the podcast and everything. Yeah, yeah. There's other things that I like doing uh, just as much. So. But I think that's really awesome that like you. I mean, also, you clearly have a very good job that you're very good at, and I'm sure you get a nice pension from the state of New York. Yes. Like, that takes a lot of pressure off, and I love that that allows you to just do comedy because you love doing comedy. Like, yes. of course, it would be awesome if something comes out of it and, like, suddenly you have your own sitcom. But, like, if that doesn't happen, you're up there for the pure joy of it, which I think is really special. And I'm not saying that, you know, Erica and Mike and all the other wonderful comedians we've talked to don't feel that way, but – it relieves the pressure in a really interesting way, I'm sure. Yeah, there's not um, – I can just focus on what I want to do and not have to feel the pressure of like I have to do this because of that, you know money or this. or It's kind of nice. Uh, but I also wonder if like that's a motivating thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I, they're probably more motivated <laughs> than some people. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I feel like there is a motivation thing if this is your end-all be-all and that's well, interesting. And- yeah, it just speaks to different goals, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah, and exactly. There's no value judgment on either way, you know? Yeah. So. Can I ask a question? What do you yeah. guys, I know nothing about you both personally. <laughs> I literally, truly, I've listened to a couple episodes, but I've literally know oh, nothing about you. you both. Oh, my God. Um, we are international women of mystery. No. Oh, exciting. <laughs> um, I'm an accountant. Oh. Yeah. I used to work at a bank mm-hmm. similar to Lehman Brothers um, and I just recently moved to a meal kit box company Ooh, where I do finance yes Ooh, nice yeah do they have good snacks they do Lots oh they snacks. have the best snacks I was there Shay a few was weeks there ago. recently yeah um, so yeah that's what I do during the day and then I do this at night oh, hanging out very nice and then Shay take it away um, well I kind of have a, a job that I made up and gave myself <laughs> Perfect. Um, I am a business coach, strategist. I do leadership workshops and business skills workshops, and I just went into business for myself, um, I guess, in this particular line of business about six months ago, but I kind of left working for the man about a year ago, and it's been really exciting. But uh, yeah, so when I'm not doing this, I'm working with my clients or prepping to give these workshops and that kind of stuff. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Do you work so, remotely or do you have to be in a specific place for your I job? work I work remotely and then I will travel to give the workshops. But like with my one on one clients, uh like the girl I was just talking to, like we meet via uh video chat. So Oh, very nice. Yeah. It's very exciting. The wonders of modern technology. I can be a global What did you think we did woman. if you had to guess I before had we no told idea. you? I I, I... I truly had no idea. I, I, I would have asked him that before. You're very trusting. Sometimes it's interesting. Like, I don't know if you found this, like with your podcast, like booking guests and stuff. Like some people are very like, they have to listen to like every episode before they come on. And they ask you like a lot of questions about like what's going on. And yeah, then yeah. others are just like, yeah, I'll do it. And then they come in. They're like, I don't know what your podcast is about. 
We could have like all the comedians, the right? anti-justice. No, it's like everyone. It's oh, really? <laughs> like we've had a wide variety. Like we've had some comedians, we've had like musicians, we've had like pretty much every type of person, I would say in terms of like profession. But it's like interesting. Like some people are just like, like, not... Hey, whatever. And then yeah, some yeah. people are like, I need to know everything. So I don't know if yeah. you've found that <laughs> <laughs> or even with like stand up, like getting booked on shows. Like, do you find, we talked to, um, Andrea Allen a little bit, about this because she had an experience where she got booked on a show and they didn't know her comedy at all oh. and it ended up being really bad have you ever found that where people that's happened before yeah book you and you're like you don't know what's happening I, i've had someone um before i went on was like hey just a heads up no cursing and don't talk about sex and don't uh uh just don't mention anything about like relationships <laughs> just don't talk about anything at all yeah it's fine <laughs> and i was like uh is there any other restrictions and they're like yeah, also, don't talk about women, don't talk about men, uh, don't talk about air, don't talk about the earth, you know. Like, I, it, it was so many restrictions and that I was like... this is, like, right before the show. Yeah, it this wasn't was right like, before I was going do? on. That's crazy. I just did my act, and I <laughs> didn't do the one gross joke I have about cum, and that was my concession to them, was, was like, yeah. I guess I won't do that joke. It's a good joke, trust me, I see you looking at me, uh, <laughs> not believing it? me, uh, I'll tell it. <laughs> Sorry. God. I love bullying. Well, this must be like, I, I feel like when people listen to this, that like, especially comedians are like, oh, that joke sucks. But it's like, the wow. reason most. I mean, I'd be jazzed if any comedians <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> well, yeah, the, reason, uh, the reason a lot of comedians don't like telling their jokes outside of comedy clubs yeah. is because you need the context of a dark room, right. the spotlight on your face, uh, drinks in totally. hand, absolutely, uh, ready to laugh. But like in a podcast, I'm ready you're like, to laugh. Yeah. I have water. Yeah, you have a water. Maddie in hand. can turn the light off. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Shiner. No, it would be weird. <laughs> um, what was uh, geez, what was the topic about? Oh, you're the cum, cum joke. joke. The cum joke. It's stupid. Um, so I'm a vegetarian, and like I, it's true. I'm a vegetarian, and like the thing that I always get is that whenever I tell people that, they are always like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna ask you a question." <laughs> How you getting that protein? How you getting that protein? Like, how you getting that protein? How you getting that protein? Like, they're just obsessed with, like, my They think you're dying on the inside. Yeah, they, they want to know about my consumption of protein. Like, I'm doing lines of soy in the bathroom <laughs> quietly or something. And I just got to tell people, like, listen, the way I get protein is pretty fucking normal, dude. I just, three times a day, I just drink my own cum. Get that salt milkshake, baby. Bro. <laughs> Funny. That's funny. I was 5'5", five, five, 150 pounds before I was vegetarian, and now I'm 6'1", 200 pounds. Uh, Come protein. Yeah. So yeah. great. So that's the joke uh, I okay. did not tell. If that's the case, I should be a bodybuilder. <laughs> okay, now it's going us. down. <laughs> I'm going to have your boyfriend on the way out. Now it's going downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um... So should we move on to the archery range? Yes, I know we're having we a should. good time, Please. but we are yes. over an hour. Our rapid fire, fire questions. Yes. Fire away. Fire away. Okay. Um, favorite childhood snack? Swiss cake rolls by Little Debbie. Oh, yes. love it. Favorite Delish. book? I'm sorry? Favorite book? Favorite book is The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar and Six Others by Roald Dahl. Oh, I love Roald Dahl. Love and Six Others. That's excellent. Yeah. Uh, favorite place in New York? My favorite place in New York um, is probably, this is so sad to say, is a bar. Um, it's probably oh, okay. Sonny's Bar in Red Hook. It's really nice. It's very cozy. It's very chill. 
they have live music on most nights and I j- I'm just always happy when I go there but it's very sad to say a bar. No, that's okay. I have a favorite bar we've talked about on this podcast. What's your favorite bar? The library on the Lower East Side. Oh, I've been a lot. Yeah. Been there. You I probably went so there much. in college a lot. I did. I go there a lot now. Mm-hmm. We interviewed Kristen, who's one of the bartenders there, and she's actually the manager of the library. Oh. She's really awesome. Um, favorite comedian? Oof. Um, or a couple favorites. It doesn't have to be. My, my favorite comedian that I'm always amazed by, and I always think he's brilliant, is Gary Gullman. Mm, I haven't heard of him. He's on Netflix. He has a couple of Netflix specials. He's pretty clean. He has no curse words, really, in any of his... I mean, that's not why I like him, but he's got, like, a 10-minute bit about Helvetica, about the the creation (laughs) of Helvetica as a font. Oh, my God. We talked to Erica a lot about fonts. She's a big font head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. She's a big font font head. Um, He's got a bunch of bits about silly, dumb things, but they're so well done and so smart that I'm... Seeing him live is incredible. If if you watch his two his two Netflix specials, they're both great, incredible. That's Gary awesome. Gellman. Favorite movie? Ooh, um, depends. Where you, uh, it used to be Fight Club. Now it probably because I'm an adult now, so I don't actually think that anymore. Um, it's probably um, The Lives of Others, which is a German film, Ooh. which is the snootiest thing I've ever seen. Is said it allowed. in German? Is it like- it's in German. It's um, a good movie. Very cool. Um, favorite TV show? My favorite TV show of all time is probably Review on Comedy Central mm. with Andy Daly. It's a very dark, 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 dark show, but it seems like a bright show up top. <laughs> favorite place you've traveled? When I was a flight attendant, I traveled to the Azores, which is a group of islands off Portugal, and they're beautiful and incredible, and they have something called the running of the bull, where one bull (laughs) runs, and it has a rope attached to it in case it gets too wild, and it's very funny, and they board up (laughs) all the businesses. Yeah, it's very like, that's the way it should be done, and it was very funny, and everyone was super nice there, and, you know, it's it's a Portuguese island, and it's cool. The Azores. Very cool. I'll end it unless Shay has another one. I'm. I feel like I've learned many things. You go, Maddie. Favorite podcast host, co-host. <laughs> well, my favorite. You can podcast say yourself. Co-host is uh, Mike Coscarelli. He's a sweet Aww. boy. And, uh, he's he's really good at leading things and uh, you know uh, doing all the work. So Mike Coscarelli. Oh, so great. Great. Well, song. on that note, thank you, Justin, for thank coming. You. Thank you, Justin. Seriously, this was lovely. And thank you so much for having me. Ladies. Please let our listeners know uh, where we can find you online and anything else you want to plug. You can find me at the Fart Box on Instagram and on Twitter. It's my name. It's at Justin. Can Perez. I ask you where the Fart Box came from? Oh, Do you get asked that a lot? Yeah, it's very bizarre. Um, a friend of mine was going through a breakup, and another friend of ours was trying to humanize because uh, he he had this thing where he he always put whoever he was dating he put on a pedestal and was like very bizarre about it and um, my friend at the time was just like hey man relax women they're little fart boxes like me and you and the, the <laughs> term fart boxes was very funny to describe people and uh, it just stuck in my head and then I, th- I was very early to Twitter like 2008. And I've had the fart box since about 2008, 2009. That's awesome. Congratulations. So that's where we can find you. And then your podcast, does that have social uh, Shit My Girlfriend Makes Me Watch. Uh, Our handles are very dumb. It's (laughs) Shit My GF Makes Me Watch on Instagram. (laughs) 
and then on Twitter, because it's less words, it's shit my GF makes me. Oh, okay. Oh. So it, there's no synergy at all. That's okay. Yeah. Totally great. Well, thank you so much for humoring us and coming on. Yes, thank you so yeah. much for having Thanks, me. Thanks, guys. Uh, bye, campers. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, resident youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield, and this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com, and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page where you can be a subscriber and there are many cool prizes. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood.